back again after an uneventful weekend of fights, honestly. Um, there was some boxing, and then I know there was also the PFL Challengers Series, which is literally like a direct ripoff of Dana White's Contender Series. So I didn't really watch that, but I might watch, actually, there was a woman's one. I don't remember when it is, but there's like a couple of the girls who were on that last tough season that are going to be on it. So maybe that'll be interesting, but I don't know about you. I just think that the ripoff part of it is kind of stupid. <laughs> like it's, you can, you couldn't think of like a better name than like the <laughs> challenger series. Like, Oh, I wonder what, how, what made them think of the PFL challenger series. So at least we got Bellator though, this weekend making their CBS debut, which is good for them. Awesome for the sport too. Cause you know, we got, now we got another network, uh, uh, the big network for Bellator and hopefully that'll help them compete with the UFC a little more. Although I didn't realize this event was happening until like yesterday. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> yeah, dude, we know how it is with Bellator. You know what I did know it was happening though, because it's been slammed on the UFC page constantly is power slap. I think we can probably get into that with starting. I think you already know what my thoughts are, and I'll get into mine. But I'll let you start with this one. What do you What do you think of power slap and all that's come with it? <laughs> I mean, a key. I don't think you can really like be surprised that it's getting. I mean, the concept was pretty simple when it was first like being you know talked about and like you know like, when it was just a thought. I remember. When, you know, I remember tweeting, tweeting something along the lines of when it was like, when it was reported that Dana White was just venturing into the thought of power slap. And then I remember just tweeting something along the lines of like, you know, you, you like, you worked so hard and all this, all these years trying to legitimize, legit, legitimize just MMA as like an actual sport, not just, you know, just a bunch of meatheads just beating the hell out of each other and then you and then you get put on the press conference and you go like i don't know i might just have something wrong with me like i think there's just something wrong with me and then there you have it now we're here it's in full force after this is like literally months before it was like november that you know this was all happened like all being like talked about now you have dana white taking it to his own freaking wife and now it just makes so. it even that much more controversial. And it's just hard, so, like, almost, like, impossible to get behind. I actually, you know, I mean, I would say almost impossible if, you know, the people weren't being straight up, like, just exploit. Like, they're they're getting just pocket change for this, for oh, this yeah. stuff. 2K Dana's just, and 2K was the one offered to Eric Spicely, who was in the UFC in the past, and, like... That's the other thing, too. Like, they're targeting, like, ex-fighters, too, to, like, maybe probably make it more legitimate. And they're offering, like, 4K in total. Like, if, and I get that throughout the season it gets higher and higher, but that's just ridiculous. And it's not like MMA where it's, you know, a legitimate fight. This is no defense. You're just standing there and getting hit as hard as, like, anyone can hit you a few times in one night. And, like, I remember I saw that one guy who literally, I think it was a guy or a girl, I forget, fell forward and, like, almost looked like they did, like, a somersault when they were unconscious. And I'm like, ugh. I just, I don't know. I don't like the look of it. The no defense thing is just nuts to me. Like, I've said this before. TBS should be ashamed for even putting this on air. And, like, also, even the, honestly, like, the refs and stuff, like, and the people who are, like, associated with the UFC who are, 
like okay with this. Like we've already talked enough about like Dana and how hypocritical this has been with him, because you you know you mentioned it before when you said in like November even before that. I remember when it was the Contender series, like the last season of it, and he was talking about how he was starting to get a little like rattled by the fact that like these people were taking so much brain damage and i remember saying on here at the time that like yeah okay dana like you say that and like you're putting on these huge fights i doubt he really gives a crap it's just like him putting on a good pr stunt and then comes out with power slap which is basically like cte in i want to say <laughs> i was form. i want to say i was surprised at first when it was first being talked about i mean like I, like I was surprised about like what you know the whole concept was and like well like this is actually gonna be like allowed like in stuff like on TV and all that and then but you know knowing who it is behind the whole thing like it it, it, it you know it didn't come that surprising it was just like questionable like I just said like you try first you're trying to like you finally get MMA to be like regarded as a legit sport you know you got this ESPN deal and everything you know that takes forever and stuff to do and then but now you just like you know but now it's like okay well i'm not surprised in the sense that it's dana white who's you know the most like as selfish and exploitive as it gets and now he's taking these you know these random people that are clearly just you know looking for some sort of you know quick buck or whatever they're gonna do whatever for it clearly and now they're out here just getting just that's the, <laughs> literally getting the, the shit knocked out. Yeah, just like literally knocked like unconscious. It feels like like these dudes yeah. are going down like stiff as a board. You see like like Jason Herzog like running to go catch the guy. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like this is like one of the best refs yeah, in the sport. Exactly that too. Doing and this then crap like, at the UFC yeah. Apex, like, and it's crap. That's the only way to put it. Like, I hope this shit gets canceled so quick. I hope. I'm surprised they even made it to like the second episode at this point. I mean, I know there's definitely a casual following to this, but any MMA, I've every single post I've seen that's been slammed in our feeds. Because if you follow the UFC, you basically follow Power Slap at this yeah. point, which is stupid. Like, I wish you could just mute those posts, but at the same time, you just see all these people shitting on it in the comments. And I also love too all the people who are getting paid to endorse it. Like, clearly, like these just awful paid promos. Like they had like DC, Mario Lopez, like all these random people. So I just, I don't know, we, we didn't really talk about it in the past couple of weeks and like even though it was around, but I just kept seeing it and kept seeing it and especially with no fights last weekend, you're seeing it even more. I just can't take it anymore. I'm like this, I hope this gets canceled. It's so awful. It's awful for the sport like you kind of said because they spent so long trying to get MMA legitimized and Dana White, to his credit, did such a great job in doing that and it's just no pun intended, but it's a slap in the face to really just do this to the sport. I, I don't know, because this isn't a sport. I maybe entertainment, but this isn't a sport. Uh, but to be quite honest with you, I'm not entertained by it in, in the slightest. And maybe that's just because like me and you are huge MMA fans, and we know how brain trauma like really is in this sport and in combat sports in general. So the fact that these guys are just willingly getting slapped. And getting that it just in one night pretty much is I don't know I, I don't find many good things about it to be honest with you so I'd say with that though we should just move on to the legitimate <laughs> sport and talk about the UFC just as a whole I mean we could start with so many different things I know I saw this one post and it was from uh, Alex Bate I think it's Bayunin I don't I hope I didn't mispronounce it because I love his content on Instagram shout out to him 
but uh, he was talking about how he interviewed a UFC fighter who's like a first-year UFC fighter getting paid 12K and 12K. And after like gym dues, manager fees, coaching fees, he only pulled in $3,500 for that year from the UFC, I would imagine. I would hope that he has another job. <laughs> but is that not the craziest thing you've ever heard? 12K and 12K to be a professional a- professional athlete. Because the UFC, I love it. They, I like it. You know, like I, I can't totally crap on a company that we talk about every, almost every week and they put on the best fights in the, in the sport. But, man, 12K and 12K... Well, like, I mean, come on. I get that, but also, like, you know, like, the, I also just, I get reminded of Dana going, like, you know, what was it along the lines of, like, you know, the fighters needing him and stuff? Oh, yeah, and, that was uh, when he just got in trouble with the thing with his yeah. wife. Yeah, he said that if he took off for, like, 60 days, the company, his employees, the fighters, they would, uh, they would not And the thing was, well. he wasn't, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he wasn't at, the Brazil pay per view and no, he was. I think yeah. he was probably checking checking in on how our power slap yeah. was going. And the pay per view went just fine. So yeah, like, I I've said this before, like with especially now with the ESPN deal and you got like Endeavor running things, like who has all this money, but the, the way that it is, like Dana definitely built the sport into what it is now. That there's no question about it; it can't be denied. But to say that it can't run well, without yeah, him is now just it's ridiculous. Just, it's now it's like he's just like pillar by pillar just taking it all down slowly. And yeah. now the fighters, it's like the fighters like by the day have to like just watch out more and more for themselves. I, don't, I mean, I'm glad to see more free agents in the sport now. Like you got Nate Diaz, Francis Ngannou, Luke Rockhold, um, yeah, even Mike Perry when he was a free agent, Roy McDonald back in the day. So I'm just happy that we're starting to see some diversity in like where the best fighters in the world are going and i think with francis as we kind of talked about last week we'll definitely be seeing more of that but he said he was talking to tyson fury's team but i don't know i i saw chael say something and i'm curious to see what you actually think of this i forgot to mention this to you actually before but chael said he thinks that the reasoning why tyson fury is saying all this stuff like, well, let's do it in a cage with four-ounce gloves, but only boxing. I think that the more stipulate... Well, he Chael said this, so I'm, I'm stealing his thought, but I 100% agree with it. The fact that there's so many stipulations, it's never going to happen. Like, that's why he's making all these random stipulations, because the harder it is and the more complicated it is, the less likely it is that it's actually going to happen. But it's not, it doesn't look like Tyson Fury turned down the fight. And to be clear, like, I don't think Tyson Fury is scared of Francis Ngannou in any way in boxing, nor do I think the other way around. But I just think that there's no reason for Tyson Fury to risk losing his legacy to a guy who hits super hard and a dude who's never boxed before, really, like, in a high-level boxing match like that. So... I don't know. I still don't see that one happening. I stand by that prediction. But, you know, we got plenty of fights coming up. There's the fight night next weekend, which starts at like 1 a.m. our time, yeah. which is pretty rough. I, st- I told you before the show, I stayed up. I bought the, uh, it was it was a live Louis C.K. special at Madison Square Garden. Like, it was like a live stream of him performing live. And I was like, oh, this will be funny. It'll help me stay up. 
And this is me thinking that the UFC card was like this past Saturday. <laughs> so I watched the special. I'm exhausted because I worked all day. I fell asleep after the special. And I wake up the next morning. I'm like, oh, damn, I missed the UFC. Let me look. And I go on MMA Junkie and I'm like, where... Where's all the fights? Like, how could they not? Just, I know this card isn't that good, but why? Why can't? Why did they report on it? I look it up. It's in February next week, and I'm like, oh come on. <laughs> but maybe we'll see what happens yeah. next week when I watch it, or if I can manage to stay yeah. up to watch it because obviously my plan didn't work this past weekend. But after this uh, this next week of fights, we do have some nice cards. We got UFC 284, which has in my opinion, one of the biggest fights like in UFC history coming up, which is Islam Makashev versus Alex Volkanovsky for the lightweight title. And it's in Australia, so Islam's going into enemy territory, which is an interesting factor in this fight to me. But then you got like the talk from both sides. Islam's looking better than ever. Volk is looking better than ever. Who do we believe? And these are two of like, the best fighters in the world fighting in their prime. You know, Alexander Volkanovsky, let me just pull this up on, like, uh, topology, because I don't want to butcher this uh, in the slightest, because these guys both deserve the credit that, they, uh, that they've that uh, they built in the sport. Yeah, Islam Makashev, 23-1, Alexander Volkanovsky, 25-1, and, and then besides that, there's still the interim featherweight title fight because Volk is going up between Yair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett. This is going to be a crazy card, man. We got Jack Della Maddalena in it, and he's a prospect that we've been talking about forever. He's uh, fighting Randy Brown. That should be a fun one. Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Menafield. Justin Taffa versus Parker Porter. This is going to be a thriller down under, man. I can't wait for this, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on like the main event in particular because, like I said, I think this is one of the biggest fights of all time. And in the power slap hysteria, it's like we haven't been hearing about it whatsoever. Um, well, you brought up Chael Sonnen before, so I'll bring up Chael Sonnen again, because um, I think he, I think he's kind of he's kind of talking about. I guess maybe I was list I was watch it was a, only a clip I watched, but I guess I was watching it maybe out of context. But you know, I I, I thought I saw a clip of DC and probably just advocating for you know his guy in Islam and all that. But he said that Alexander Volkanovsky beating. Islam Makashev would be the biggest upset in the sport, and I just thought like, like why is that? Like yeah, Alexander Volkanovsky is number one pound for pound in the world. Like why would that be the case? You know, like, I get is you know is Islam Islam's weight class and Islam is in the absolute prime of his career, and like it's hard to believe that he's not gonna go just straight up from here. But you know, I just thought that like I just I I I just said so I was like you know. Number one, number one pound for pound, the federal, reigning featherweight champion, and still underrated somehow. And then Chelsea was like, "How can you be number one in the world and be underrated?" Yeah. And then that helped me thinking, like, too, like, okay, well, it is an interesting dynamic, you know. But... Chael has been spitting facts lately too. Like he was talking about this fight, and he said he's not sure if Dana White understands like the massive fight that he just kind of had fall on his lap here, because like. The yeah, moment I in the cage, so too. Like, remember that? Like, when Volk like, went in the cage after uh, Islam won his title and they agreed right then and there that they were going to do it? Like, shit like that doesn't happen on the regular. Like, this is a champ versus champ fight. 
And I hope that the week of this thing gets slammed on our feeds because and also, you know, also you gotta factor in uh, maybe I guess this probably be more for like the newer upcoming guys. Like Islam is obviously already established, like he's the champion. But no Khabib in the corner, like that should be you know that's gonna be something to watch. Pretty interesting. But yeah, like I think it's a, I still think. I felt this way at first. I still feel now. It's like it's pretty even. I think it's pretty Same. even, pretty even fight. You can have a favorite, obviously, and an underdog, but I see. I definitely can see it going either way for yeah, both of these know. guys. It's just so tough. Like I don't know how it, the thing is. I don't know how it's gonna go. So like I just think both these guys like have so much up their arsenal that you know. Yeah, like Alex has never been held down, and then. You could say also he's never fought anybody as strong as Islam Makhachev, which you, you can't argue with. Yeah. But that's yep. the glory of this fight. Like I said this before, and I like even just thinking about it right now, I swear to God, it gets me so hyped. The fact that this is two current champions fighting in the middle of their primes in this sport, that's so awesome. Like this is one of the best fights that the UFC could make, and we have it, and it's coming soon, February 11th. I just I can't wait. Like this is gonna be awesome. Such a good event. And Australia always is fun when they go there. Their, their crowds are sick. I remember when Izzy won his title and he had that sick walkout. That was really cool. So you know the atmosphere is going to be crazy. And then the pay-per-view after that, you got John Jones versus Surreal Gone. Then after that, in London, it's Leon Edwards in the homeland versus uh, Kamara Usman in their trilogy. And then we just got the bombshell that's UFC 287 announced. Israel Adesanya is going to be having a rematch with Alex Pajera, who is now the current middleweight champion, which is kind of crazy to think about because Izzy was champ dominantly for so long, and then Pajera obviously beat him in that war. But then the co-main event, the return of Jorge Masvidal versus Gilbert Burns, of all people, man. Like, dude, the fights just keep on coming. And that's why I said before, like, it's hard for me to just totally shit on the UFC for the fighter pay stuff and power slap. Because they give us all this at the same time. And 2023 is already coming, starting off with a bang with all these great pay-per-views to start the year. And, like, I don't know, which fight gets you more? Actually, I probably know your answer to this, but Izzy versus Pajeda or Burns versus Masvidal? Which one are you more hyped for at this point in time? I, I, yeah, I, I think I'll say Pajeda versus Adesanya. Just, I, you know, I like a good rematch. I think this is definitely a worthy rematch because i that i mean yeah well i do want to i feel like it's i feel like the pace in this one is going to be like a lot more you know just up tempo i think these i think it's going to be a war honestly i'm not going to make a prediction just yet but i just think it's going to be a slugfest between the both yeah. of them uh more like just more than it was the last time around and obviously the last time around was a very fun fight too but um even their kickboxing fights were crazy honestly i think they're i think those are both fights that just need to happen as simple as that you know uh maybe maybe not necessarily i i know when uh it was announced that dana white was going to make the announcement and stuff like there were some people well one the the time he said he was gonna announce it, oh, at, he dude. didn't do it, dude. <laughs> I'm glad you know that too. I didn't know if you had seen that live, cause I saw it on my uh, Instagram like probably 15 minutes before 5:30. I'm like, oh nice, I just got it. I go on there, 
And I had YouTube open for like 45 minutes. <laughs> I was like, what is that? For like a 10-minute announcement. He told us about fights that we already knew about and then announced those two, which granted, huge fights. Like even the return of Masvidal got me super hyped up. And I don't think he's going to fare well versus Gilbert Burns unless this fight stays on the feet. Then it's anybody's, honestly. But even then, I kind of still favor Gilbert just because he's like younger and he's a lot faster, I just think at this point. Masvidal is getting up there in age, and he's taking more and more time in between fights. So it's interesting. And I don't think Gilbert's just well, going yeah, to Well, yeah, I mean, it's encouraging, too, to see, like, you know, there even being, like, like a live, you know, just, like, announcement of it. Like, you don't really see that. At least, like, I, mean, I don't know about if that was ever the case, but, like, any more at least. You know, They're very rare. I honestly yeah. thought it was going to be a Connor versus Tony Ferguson tough announcement because that was, like, the weird rumor that was coming around. And it still kind of is, you know, in the air, but who knows. And then when this came out, like, Adesanya versus Pajeda seemed like it was going to come at some point. But Burns versus Masvidal completely came out of nowhere. So I, I for I think that it was, yeah, you know, it was I think it was about finding Gilbert Burns a fight quick. Obviously after like just just handling Neil Magny just like that. So I think you definitely needed to find him a fight. Because I don't there probably isn't too many like too many guys I want to fight him right now anyways in the welterweight division but Jorge Masvidal Muhammad though he deserves some credit because he definitely would have I refuse because this is my take I think that Burns versus Bilal would have been the better fight for the title picture and just in terms of even skill level but I think they want Masvidal in the title picture because Edwards is the champ and that's a fight that would be so huge if they could get it and the thing is with Burns he might stand with Jorge Masvidal. Like they, he, when he called him out in the past, he was saying, like, oh, you know, let's fight. We'll put it in the contract. No takedowns. And I don't know. I think he's serious about that. Like, I think he genuinely wants to test himself on the feet against someone who's considered one of the best strikers in that division even now. So that's why this fight is so intriguing to me because I want to say Gilbert Burns by murder. But at the same time, I don't see Gilbert Burns just trying to take him down right away. So who knows what's going to happen with that. But I think this one, this would probably be like a good spot to wrap. I think a relatively short show compared to the others just because there were no... Well, for one, too, I guess to regard like uh, the, at least the Adesanya and Pieta fight. Sure. Um, it's good to see Pieta's, you know, defending the belt at 185, you know, again. So like instead of just straight going right up to, uh, to 205 and, you know, facing like, you know, obviously Jamal Hill or... Yuri, if he come when he comes back, anything like that. I think yeah, like he should be defending. He should be defending the belt at one. And then obviously like now he's fight. He's fighting the guy he just took the title off of. So now it's the question of if he beats Adesanya. Now it's really a question of like when's he gonna move up to light heavyweight. And then and what does Izzy do? Yeah. At that point, like a lot of questions, man. It's an interesting fight for many reasons, honestly. The fact that this is their fourth time now, too, I'm impressed. Like, good matchmaking by the UFC. Like, this, like I said. Yeah, two fights that definitely need to happen. Hell yeah, man. I don't know if they, did they ever announce? That's good stuff. Let's see. Okay, yeah, no, they never announced where this one's going to be, but it's on April 8th, so they got some time, but. They're saying uh, New York. Mate, really? Oh, you know what they might do? Because I know they've had April cards at the Barclays Center before. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. 
bro. Yeah. Honestly, I, I might try and go to that if they if that's in, if that's the case. So we got to keep our uh, eyes up for yeah, that. Then maybe we'll get the hurt handbook live from UFC 287. How sick can, would that we be? We can figure it out. I know we can. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, we'll keep you guys posted on that. Be sure uh, to like this video and subscribe. Check out episode one of Main Card Tiz if you haven't already. My guy's going to be sparring probably later on, so that's going to be interesting. And that will probably be in the next video about it, which will come out at some point in February. We'll announce that when it's done. But with that, I don't know if you have any closing remarks before we go. Nah, we're, we're good. We're good. We're good. All we'll right. see you next time.